it's time for the Everyman Well, Real Man Talk. Let's go. Time to grind, get inside your mind. Yeah, we working overtime. That's the only way to climb. We gon' make it in our prime. Signing on the dotted line, cashing checks left and right. That's the way I'm living life. Hello, everyman. It's Ethan, your boy. We have an extra special guest on today, Chris Maples, who is absolutely phenomenal and infectious with his attitude. He is so confident, bubbly, and will stand old guy with a great story. You might have seen him blowing up LinkedIn recently, and we got an exclusive have a chat with him today um throughout the interview there are a few technical glitches uh from switching over devices and the fact that his hamster was turning with the internet but you know he was an overall sound guy with a great attitude and we learned a lot along the way so stick with it and enjoy the episode guys hello good evening and welcome to the everyman podcast tonight we have a very special guest we have chris maples who is someone who I've followed on LinkedIn for a while. I've seen lots of his posts, both um, pre a, a very recent post, but um, he's someone who's super experienced in the world of, of marketing and advertising and someone who's been very brave about opening up around his own personal story. I think for, for me and the rest of the guys who are hosting this uh, podcast, it's great to get guests like uh, Chris on in order to share real stories about real people um, everyday men, uh, as our, our title um, alludes to. So, Chris, how are you doing tonight? Um, well, first off, um, thank you, guys. I, it's, it's a real pleasure and a privilege to be able to talk to you. Um, I'm, I'm doing great, actually. I'm doing great, and I've been doing great for... The last few weeks, um, good. You know, I, I, um, I sort of ended up in this. I've ended up in this position. You know, in a position I never wanted to be in. I mean, I, I will, we'll come and talk about that in terms of the, you know, the, the 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 sort of recent events over the last sort of six to twelve months, I guess, really. Um, but yeah. I feel great. I feel great. I feel. Um, I feel really energized at the moment. No, that, that's that's really good. Um, Ethan, Marco, how are you boys doing tonight? Yeah, I'm doing great, mate. Uh, really excited to get Chris on. You know, we've been talking quite a lot about uh, Chris's story, and obviously, Lewis, I know this is quite sort of a, a special guest to you because it's someone you know you've worked in similar fields. It's something you want to look to to progress on yourself. So it's someone who you can sort of look up to and and learn a lot off. So it's really exciting to have Chris on. My week's been top draw, not. Not a going on. I've had a bit of tonsillitis, so I've been, you know, not not hundred percent, but uh, been keep myself bed bound and things like that. What about you, Marco? Yeah, I'm really well, guys. I'm I'm doing really good. Um, yes, I'm just I'm just really intrigued to um to 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 listen to what Chris has got to say, really, because um you know Lewis has has told us a lot about uh, Chris's story, so I'm just really intrigued to to understand sort of like you know the, you know the background and what you know how 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 life um you know has developed for him. You know, during his working career, and you know, just throughout life, really. Um, so yeah. I think, I think, I think this podcast will be really, really important for a lot, of, a lot of listeners. Because um, <clears throat> I think, I think, um, Chris's story is quite, you know, will be quite engaging and be quite, quite, inter- quite an interesting one. So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I think, I think this is going, this is going to be a good podcast, to be honest. So, yeah, um, yeah, boys, let's take it away. <clears throat> no, that, that, that's a, a very good way of putting it, Marco. So, Chris, I suppose my first question would be. 
Um, when you were growing up, what did you actually, what did you want to do? What did you see your, your life being? What, what were your aspirations and goals? Do you know what? It's really um, it's an interesting question. I'm not sure I had any. Um, and I don't mean that in terms of, you know, we all had it. We grew up um, on a council estate in the east end of London. In, um, yeah. I grew up on the 18th floor of a tower block. And so it was interesting. I'm not trying to paint a kind of Oliver Twist lifestyle, but... Um, but but looking back, no one had anything, but none of us knew that. So life was just, you know, pretty normal. And then over yeah. time, my parents sort of did did a bit better out of the east. We moved up to Harvard. Um And they had their own business. Um, and, it, and it sort of did okay. Um, yeah. And our life was reasonably comfortable. Um, so I never really knew what I wanted to do. I mean... I didn't. I didn't excel at school. In fact, um, uh, I didn't. You know, schooling wasn't any that my family were particularly sort of au fait with. What I mean by yeah. that is, when we moved out of the East End, was when I was choosing. Um, it was the, the when I would go on to go on to senior school, and I, the, the school to was chosen by my parents. Saying to me, which school do you want to? And you know, a kid on the estate that I met was going to this particular school when it's that school in fact it closed down um just after my own levels so um so i didn't really have any major ambitions um in case you didn't think of, i played golf at 40 um so i probably harbored a, a minor ambition at some point to be you know live a golf but um really have any ambitions and and you know the media and advertising career that I've ended up having, and you know, touch wood, I've still got a few years left in me. Um, yeah, was one that I sort of very, you know, very genuinely sort of fell into. Yeah, and so, and I think this is a story. So your story sort of resonates with probably lots of people in life who end up being successful because they don't have that. Like, you're not worried about being successful. You're just worried about being a good person and worried about. <laughs> actually doing as you say you've fallen into it and then you've just found a niche that you're good at you've potentially developed and progressed from there and in in the world of work we see this so often we see young graduates who who join and they're full of i'm going to be the next ceo i've got this marketing degree um or i've got this degree or whatever and whilst they are probably more intelligent than i could ever be in certain aspects I think there's something to be said for people who who come up the hard way, because I think you have that ability to maybe build better personal connections with people and the ways in which people communicate. So in terms of your your upbringing, in terms of maybe not being the best at school, did you find then when you went into the world of work that that, that need to almost prove yourself enabled you to go on to have a, a, a success a can't even say the word a successful career that was hard saying that word there for some reason um what did do you think struggling in school enabled you to then go on to be successful yeah. because you had maybe a, a little bit of 
wow, I, I really need to kick on here and I found something that I'm good at and maybe uh, I wasn't actually good at school. So, um, so I wouldn't say I wasn't good at school. I went to a bad school. So okay. I left after my, what you handsome young lads were called GSEs, in my day were called O-levels. And yeah. um, I, I was down at the end of my O-levels. So I left there with three O-levels. Yeah. And and I was I managed to wrangle my way into the next door school to do A levels. And when I turned yeah. up, everyone had nine, ten, or eleven O levels. And I couldn't figure yeah. out how that had happened because I wasn't a naughty kid. I you know I don't my career hasn't been particularly glittering, but my career demonstrate I'm not an like I'm not an idiot. Yeah. So couldn't figure out how that had happened. And I don't know, you know, I spent a lot of spent a lot of money out now. So um but at my A levels, I took I took some GCSEs. So that was the cup that was the cusp year of doing those GCSEs. I took some yeah. more of those, took some A levels, yeah. um, got an opportunity to go and study economic university, completely bottled it. And the reason I bottled was I didn't know anyone that had ever been to university. So I'm also. Uh, there is quite a there's quite a feeling amongst. So I'm so I'm probably you know like the three of you's combined age. Um, <laughs> um, so you're, uh, you're definitely not in your nineties, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so, but there's definitely a feeling some of and close that being a white middle class fifty something bloke like is yeah. a hindrance these days and I, I, I like absolutely i don't subscribe to that at all um yeah but i think and we're sort of going circling i don't want to jump too far ahead but having gone through the north breakdown i've, I've gone through over the last sort of, i mean i tell you my linkedin post it was three months ago it's probably six to eight months ago and had been yeah. clearly building up for longer um yeah i think what i did have when i entered the workforce was and it's the thing that I still battle with now, incredible levels of insecurity and um low self-esteem. So I guess thing in the early days, did that make me work really hard? Yes, I think it did. Um yeah. did I get people to like me? Yes, I did. And what that probably meant was I grew up with people. Um and oh, let's be clear, I've been in the media and advertising business for years. And it, it's the people business, and so yeah, the the the, the biggest thing, certainly in the in the career that I built, was being able to engage with people, and yeah, that was that was a learned skill because when I changed school from GCSE or from O levels into the next school, I literally remember walking in on the first day and saying, "I'm going to reinvent myself. I'm going to be confident, Chris," and so I sort of. I guess sort of faked it till you made it, made it really, you know. So, so I guess I definitely made it my my mission in the early days for people to like me. Yeah. In those days, before I understood what's going on in my own mind, I probably yeah. thought that was a an ambitious mind was riddled with insecurities, and I want people to like me. Yeah, it, 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 in terms of my career, it sort of benefited 
So, so Chris, do, do you think you uh, you create a persona um, around you know around wanting people to to so you create a persona? Sorry, the connection. Yeah, I think it's cutting off. Chris, can you? Are you there? Hello. Uh, hi, Chris. Can, Chris, can you hear us? Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, just we just keep kind of losing oh, you a bit. You it just me? keeps going really like yeah, it just keeps I going can, really yes. robotic and. Right, are um, we are we good? Uh, I don't know if we can do this halfway through, but would you like to try yeah, can... dialing on my phone? Yeah, if you could try that, I'll. Don't worry, I can edit anything out, so we're good. Would that would that work? Yeah, yeah, that'll work. Okay, just give me two seconds then. I'm going to try and right, dial cool. in on this. Cool. Thank you. <clears throat> I'm really sorry any, about this, guys. To... I mean, we've got, I've got four five years. I don't know why it's not. Yeah, that's all Sorry. good. Luke, can you pause the... Can I what? Sorry? Can you pause the, like, live feed, or is, it, is that not possible? Once you go live, is it not? No, it's no, just, I don't it's think probably... I'm going to log out of this. Yeah, right, I've removed you, you from it anyway, so we're good. Yeah, this is way better already, isn't right, it? Right, yeah, okay, yeah. then I'm just going to connect my headphones to this. Cool. Chris, you look even younger on your phone, mate. <laughs> well, listen, boys, you should be very pleased. I actually got my hair and beard trimmed today for the first time in about three months. And uh, Really? Because I'm living at my folks at the moment. I said, um, uh, I've got to do this. I've got a podcast tonight, and I'm going to be on video, and I don't want to look like a homeless person. <laughs> yeah, you, look, um, you look great. You so look my great, mother's man. very pleased look, with you. Right, give me one second, boys. Really? Cool. No worries. I think we'll just leave this in. It's part of live feeling. Nah, I, can <laughs> I don't think you'll be. But just bear with me. I'm just trying to connect now on the uh, headphones. Yeah. That's no rush, mate. We'll just we'll just chat, shake between yeah. worlds. Oh, yeah. there we go. That's all, I do. That's... That's all I do anyway. Brilliant. Right, is that better for you, boys? Yeah, yeah. way better. Yeah. Yeah. Much, much better, Chris. Thank you. No That's problem good. at all. Apologies. It's all right. I'm just going to try and there. There we go. Perfect. Sorry. So, um, you were saying about did I? Did I sort of create a persona? Yeah. Just repeat that to... question again. Yeah, I was just wondering if you uh, you potentially might have potentially created a persona um, in 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 what you might have thought would have been a sort of a likable character, so that you could get people on your behind you in you know in the I don't know in the sector in the sector that you were working on at the time, so you could because like, what I find is in, in the corporate world what people tend to do is. You kind of tend to create as many friends as possible, right? So the more people that like you, you know, the more likely you are to sort of, you know, go further in whatever it is that you're pursuing, you know, whether it's climbing the the, the ladder or what or whatnot. So I just wondered if that was something that you might have you might have had in the back of your mind, and you might have thought, okay, well, you know, if I become this person, you know, people might like me more, you know. 
Is that, is that something um, that you know? Um, do you know what? God, I would love to say I was that strategic. I really would. Uh, um, it wasn't that at all. So, and it goes back long before work, actually. So, um, there was a bit of, in my, in my uh, first senior school, I did my own levels, and there was a bit of bullying there. So, I was definitely bullied. You guys, uh, I don't know if any, if I've, Lewis, we may have been in the same room before, I suspect, or you may have, I, I don't know whether you've seen me speak or anything, but I'm, um, well, I'm six foot nine. <laughs> so like I'm really oh. tall and luckily given that I'm 52 I'm now you know you know yeah, quite right. fat well I'm just big but when I was growing <laughs> up as a as a teenager I was sort of you know unbelievably torn stick thin and mm -hmm. um I hadn't quite figured out I hadn't quite figured out what hairstyle suited me so I always loved the idea of growing my hair long but it just mm. used to grow out so right. I must have looked like a lunatic so there was a bit of bullying and I was really, um, really lacking in confidence. Um, and so, you know, so I was like, a, I was going to say I was like a frightened little boy. I was like a frightened, massive boy for a lot of time. Um, mm. and, um, and alongside that, sorry, I'm going to go into some real terrible stereotypes now. I, like comedy has always been a huge thing for me. Like I'm a yeah. real comedy, I'm a real comedy nerd, and I really, you know, sort of judge people on the comedy that they like. I, I don't judge them now, but like as a kid, so so I'm the generation that grew up with the young ones and Blackadder and things like that. And yeah. I think I was always pretty quick witted, which again, bullies tend not to be like. So I'm just going to move this in. Bullies tend not to be like that. So um, that probably aided and abetted some of the bullying. When I changed right. school, I sort of lent into that a bit more. So the thing that I love, you might have even spotted on it, I love making people laugh. Like, that's my thing. Um, yeah. And so I just decided to sort of lean into that a little bit. And then, right. and, and obviously, you know, through years of therapy and, you know, growing older and learning and trying to understand yourself, you kind of realise that that is a real sort of, you know, classic trait Super of... Skill. Low, but it's you know what well, it's a great skill, but it's also it's also redolent of people that have you know low self esteem and insecurity issues and you know imposter syndrome and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I was just I'm just lucky, I hope, without sounding like an arrogant dick, that that I, that I have that. I, like I am able to talk on stage and make make some of the most dry subjects reasonably entertaining. You know, I tried stand-up comedy for some time. In fact, I'm talking to a production company tomorrow about hosting my own podcast where I go back into doing stand-up and all this sort of stuff. So so I think I would love to say there was a really key strategy for me to do that. It wasn't. It was, I guess, on the one hand, right, it's a coping mechanism, isn't it? It's a, you know, if you make people laugh, they tend not to bully you. It's yeah. also the quickest way to get people to like you. So, um, and also you can't just be a court jester. Um, you know, I had, without wanting to sound like Liam Nielsen, you know, I've got a certain set of skills. I know, you know, like funnily, funnily enough in the, you know, you know, in the career, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the trajectory of my career, yeah. given that I've been riddled with insecurities and low self-esteem and, uh, you know, elements of imposter syndrome and elements of I'm not enough and elements of I don't belong and all of that stuff. Yeah. All of that, none of it ever applied to the job I was doing. I've always, I've like, I've always 
I had absolute confidence in my ability to do the job. It's yeah. it's it's being an adult where I struggle with the rest of it, and clearly that's all built up. And you know, the thing that sparked my breakdown was the was the, the it was the end of my marriage. But you know, that's a, yeah. that's a huge contributor to it. But you know, clearly this stuff had been laying there sort of dormant for a long time. Sorry, that was a really rambling answer. Does that answer at all your question? Yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure, man, for sure. I mean, just let's just lean on to off Marvel's comment there. Some, something I've sort of dealt with my whole life and sort of my way. Um, you know, I'm I'm sort of I'm six foot two myself, obviously, um, a, a tall lad myself, and unfortunately, I'm sort of on the broader spectrum weight wise. So, like at one point, I was like 37, 38 stone. Um, you know, so I, I was really heavy. Um, and for me, I always tried to, to be the funny guy so I wouldn't be identified as the fat guy because, you know, it, 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 I, I think being fat is such a hot, it's like a harsh word. I know it's used so much now, but back when I was younger, it was, it was a harsh word. And so I would try and be the, the, the funny guy rather than the fat guy. And I created this persona, like, like yourself in a way, not strategically, but just in a way to try and sort of, alleviate the pressure of not being sort of identified as different to everyone else um and you know something something i struggle with now a lot is trying to break down that barrier from being the funny guy to now being an adult and be taken seriously i just want to know how you progressed and transitioned to to your work in life and got over that barrier of sort of being the, the sort of guy that everyone likes maybe sort of the funny guy and being sort of becoming the professional that you were and that you still are today. I just didn't know if there's any sort of way you could help me give you some insight so that's possible. Well, look, what I'd say is this. Um, it's ironic, right? Given, you know, your relative size and scale, my relative size and scale, the one thing teenagers don't want to do is stand out. And what we had was a physical manifestation of standing out. And so being trying to be the funny guy, as it sounds like we both did, bizarrely makes the other things that make you stand out less obvious. So you use the funny thing as the camouflage, and I did the same thing. Now, what I would say is this, and I think, do you know what? I think, by the way, I'm sorry, this is a weird time to come up and say this 22 minutes in the podcast. The fact that three of you at your age are doing this thing means that you are being taken seriously, it means that you are, you're not just, um, you are greater than the sum of your parts. And again, I've got no, I've got no um, sort of massive levels of, um, like, I've got no silver bullet or no instruction manual as to how to be, to transition. What I found, and actually, I think, you know, your generation and the generation before, you know, coming up behind you are much better at than we were, is, is just sort of being your, being, I hate this sort of phrase, this be your authentic self. But I think, I think people are much more themselves now than they ever were when I was first coming through. And in fact, um, what I think is important is, I mean, link, I mean, it's ironic because given that I've become the sort of, you know, the poster boy for having a breakdown recently via the medium of LinkedIn, I mean, LinkedIn is a fucking cesspool, right? I mean, it is a yeah. despicable place at the best of times. Agree. But, um, but, and the thing that, and the social media generally, the thing that has really driven me mad, and actually, as a, so I'm a consultant now, and in fact, my last, the last role I had at Also Trader, who, by the way, through my breakdown, were amazing. 
I couldn't rate them more highly. And I, but I joined that business as a consultant. I had no intention of staying there full time. And I, you know, ended up, you know, we went into lockdown and I managed a team and they were amazing and ended up there. Um, but uh, the thing that drives me most mad in, in industry generally at the moment is um, people's progression, people's career development, people's, I don't know, uh, trajectory seems to be based much more on their opinion than the work. Yeah, social media does a great job of that, right? Um, and I and I and I have always maintained the work, right? You want to be taken seriously, do a good job. And if you do a good job, sort of, if you do a good job, all bets are off, right? <laughs> do you know I mean? If you do a good job, you can be the funny guy, you can be the the guy that sings in the office, you can be whoever. I mean, you know, within within boundaries of decency and legality and all of that stuff. And actually, yeah. I think I think it is much more... So I've been a CEO twice in my life, not of particularly big organisations, once of a film school, once of a gaming business. But And I've worked for incredible CEOs. Um, Daniel Eck at Spotify, you know, is the most, in, the most incredible person I've ever come across in my professional career. I mean, genuinely... He's one of those guys. He is a genius. But, yeah. you know, if he's talking to me about work, then you answer the questions about work. But if you're hanging out with him, you can be yourself. And, and I, think, I think that is – I don't think there are – I don't believe now that there are different roles you have to play at work. I think, I think if you're good at the job – I mean, there's a great example, right? When I grew up in work, for the first 20-odd years I worked, I wore a suit and a shirt and a tie every single day and for 15 of those years i'm not sure i ever left the office well what fucking difference does it make what you're wearing of course these days no you know everyone is, is more casually attired and that's all fine and um and i think it's it's the same about you know being um having outside interests or being funny or keeping the spirits up or doing something like i think you can be more real now i do think that uh, and frankly if you're working in a company that doesn't accept you for who you are in whatever fashion that is well then you're in the wrong company that's what i would say and in my experience actually i have never i've been lucky enough never to have worked in a particularly well not since right at the beginning in any kind of prejudicial business so um Jesus Christ, every answer I give is about a 20-minute monologue. Oh, mate, this is great. I mean, We're enjoying this. I must, yeah, I'm, this I must have, for all the high hopes you had of having me on this podcast, fuck me, I must have quelled those expectations massively already. <laughs> no, 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 honestly. Honestly, you know, take it away, one. We're enjoying this. We're enjoying this, yeah. But I do, I well, do well, genuinely well, believe, but I, I yeah. do genuinely be, be great at what you do. Be great at what you do. Yeah. And... and uh, there's a, I, you know, I've done a lot of, in the past, I've done a lot of, there's a thing called speakers for schools where you go and speak at sick form and talk about your experience. And I was lucky enough, you know, given I bottled university, over my time, I've been lucky enough to speak twice at Oxford, once at the London Business School, once at St Andrews, I feel like somewhere else. And, 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 and I, and I try and live by this now if I possibly can, but I think it's absolutely I think it's absolutely vital from being an apprentice or a graduate or a school leaver coming into business through all the way through your life. And that is be interesting and be interested. 
Look, you know, be interested in what people are talking about. Be interested in the job you're doing. And be interesting. Have an opinion. Have an opinion. Have a point of view. Um, and, and I think that's that's where the really good stuff is. Yeah, for, for me, I, I, I can resonate with what you're saying in, with regards to trying to probably be the best version of yourself in terms of like bring your personality to your job, bring your personality to what you're doing. Because as I've got older through my career, I've always felt like I have a level of ability. But then like now I'm, I'm sat here at 30. I feel when I'm on project calls or I'm at meetings at work, I try to make sure I have a laugh. I try to make sure that I'm talking about, even if it slightly derails the conversation and we talk about things that I know people are going to enjoy or spark a bit of a debate or something, I try to do that instead of, and I think that's with a little bit of experience. You move away from thinking, oh, I have to be super serious all of the time. Mm. because Then you're a boring person to work with. I, I find if someone's just talking about work 24-7, like, and I might respect that they're good at their job, but the likelihood of me then really wanting to go above and beyond for them and them probably wanting to go above and beyond for me because we're not at that sort of personal level of connection where we've both opened up a little bit. We've, I fuck up, you fuck up. Like, actually, I'm not very good at this or whatever. I think all of those things, being really true and honest to yourself whilst doing a good job really does help you in actually d doing a good job because it's i think that the, there's that quote where people will, will always remember how you made them feel so in work if people find you as really pleasant funny engaging interested in them and, and interested um in, in the work they do or, or who they are as a person they're more likely to want to to speak to you and and work with you as well so that's definitely something as i've got older try to become more consciously aware of um, but that, equally to, to Chris, I've definitely had times in, in my career where I've really struggled with um, probably myself, put myself under far too much pressure. So, Ethan, we, we've spoke about this before. So um, I ended up joining our business um, right at the bottom. So I joined at the phones uh, on on the, the phones as like a, a telephone agent sort of selling uh, broadband and stuff to people having been fairly successful prior not anywhere near where I, I ultimately want to be but to to a, to a level where I never thought I would take such a step back in my career and that was such a great experience as I sit here now four years ago whatever it was it was really humbling it was to step back in terms of actually I needed probably a little bit of a reality check in my personality I kind of lost who I really was and became, I was trying to be someone else all the time instead of just being my authentic self. So I was going into meetings and trying to be really serious or talk about things that I didn't really know versus stepping back to just being a, someone on the phones answering, selling broadband. It was a real humbling sit back down, start again experience. And I'm probably the happiest I've ever been. Uh, I'm not quite where I was in previous career but i don't think that necessarily makes a huge difference for my overall well-being and if i could give any experience any advice to anyone out there around career from my own experience it would be don't chase what you think you need or you think to have in your life like just try and do the things that make you happiest 
that's what I've found in my career. If I'm just doing something that I enjoy, that I'm actually interested in, I perform way better and I don't get half as stressed or like life is really shit or this job's shit because I'm not actually interested in it. Now I'm doing something that I actually am interested in and I'm passionate about. It doesn't really feel like work anymore. Well, look, look I think there's, I think there's a cut. Sorry. Uh, there's a couple of things in that, that I think are really important. And by the way, I am the world's greatest at giving advice. I'm not suggesting I yeah. took it all myself, but, but it, it is what I'm going to say. Um, uh, well, first off, specific to you, Luz, um, you know that during you get to realise at a certain age that in those meetings where you sat there thinking, Jesus, everyone knows what they're doing and I'm not quite up to this. Well, yeah. no one knows what they're doing. Or rather, well, the only thing that's different is the level of confidence by which people decide to, to make themselves done. And of course, you know, we're all, you know, what's that? Um, I mean, it's about social media, but it could be it could be used as an example about meetings, which is your, you know, social media is where you compare your internal life to other people's external life, right? Yeah. So I, I, I quite often say about my Facebook profile, because I'm 52, so I've still got a Facebook profile, I'd fucking love to meet that guy. His life looks amazing. Because yeah. all I do is post photos of me and the kids on there. I've got four kids. I post photos yeah. of me and the kids on there, right? And it's the same in meetings because you're sitting there. Of course, what we go through is we sit in meetings thinking, fuck me, everyone really... Sorry, am I allowed to swear on this? I am, aren't I? Yeah, it's yeah, swear. Um, um, but it's like, we, we sit there going, fuck me, everyone really knows what they're doing and I really don't. Of course, it's bullshit. Of course, they don't. And and by the way, I could... I, look, I think I'm pretty good at what I do, right? I've, like, aside from having a massive breakdown in an episode over the last 12 months, having grown up with and continue to have low self-esteem and lack of, you know, uh, you know, lack of self-confidence and all of that stuff, I back myself yeah. in any job. And I, I, I changed career from working in the media industry to going to run an educational institution where yeah. I genuinely didn't fucking know the first thing about how to run that, to be CEO of a film school. I had no concept how to do that. And of course you get there and of course you can do it. You know how to do things. So, yeah. so there's that. Um, what's the other thing I was going to say? Um, you know, you can sum up... Uh, sorry, actually, I'm going to go back a step on that. So, um, whilst my... Um, the pressure that is on a certain generation to be successful, to be ambitious, to develop, to grow, to learn, is fundamentally driven yeah. by money, right? It is mm -hmm. fucking hard to be a 23-year-old coming out of university now, right? Oh, yeah. But, but you know, trying to get on the property ladder, trying to fucking rent a place anywhere near, uh, uh, anywhere near an industry that is still going. So fundamentally you're saying, you know, live and work in London, more or less, or some, one of the other major conurbations. But, you know, being able to live, some, you know, so obviously they've got this enormous challenge, which is in order to be able to do some of the things that have been normal for other generations – I'm going to have to, yeah. I've got to be successful. Yeah. So, so I get that. The other thing I'm going to say is, you know, uh, God, I wish I could remember the sketch, the comedy sketch. I think it was a Fry and Laurie sketch where there was someone in it called Mr. Business. And you see people in meetings all the time, don't you? That are laying down loads of fucking jargon. And LinkedIn is the greatest of it. I mean, uh, Ad Week a few years ago, me and a guy called John O'Donnell used to do a late night comedy review of Ad Week called The Big Mistake. And one of yeah. One of the one of the bits I did 
was a sketch about uh, a dad telling his son a bedtime story about three superheroes. And the super superheroes were Vlogman, Check-in Boy, and the Massive Linker. And that was I won't I won't I won't I won't tell you their names now. But one of them was a, you know bloke in the industry who started a vlog. It's like who like. For what possible benefit are you doing that? Someone else was continually pontificating on LinkedIn about their opinions about everything. And the other person yeah. used to check into business class all the time. <laughs> and it's like, why are you checking? You know, all you're doing when you're checking into business class. So I was lucky enough, right? In lots of my career, I used to fly to America a lot and I flew business class. Let's be clear. The reason I flew business class was because the occupational health people said I could fly business class because I was six foot nine. I have... It's only been one time in my life where I've paid for business class flights out of my own pocket, and that was on my honeymoon. And let's be clear, that's pretty fucking unlikely it's ever going to happen again in my life. So I used to fly to I used to fly business class all the time. Yeah. If Is you're checking into a business class, oh mate, yeah, hundred percent. Fuck me, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, listen, listen, listen. Uh, but the point is this. If I'm checking into business class flights on places like Facebook, yeah, then all of my other friends that fly business class don't give a fuck. And people that are yeah. never going to fly business class are seeing me checking into business class. So fundamentally, all I'm really doing is showing off to people that aren't going to fly business class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a, you know, and you get a lot of that, you know, pontificate about things on LinkedIn and all that stuff. Um, yeah. So, so what, sorry, this is a really long rambling answer. Here. So, so that is about, that isn't, you know, the times when I've sat in meetings or I've been at conferences or I've mostly, mostly on LinkedIn. I mean, there's a great friend of mine, Bruce Daisley, who used to run Twitter. He's a great yeah. power man. I, 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 enormous... I am trying to get him on. He did say, he, he did consider it and then he hasn't come back. So anything Wait, you can do this? to get Bruce on would be great. Um, Bruce, Bruce ran he... Twitter. He was the VP for Europe for Twitter. Bruce Daisley. He's now oh, got dude. the number one bit. He's got the number one work podcast in the country called Eat, Sleep, Work, Repeat. He's published yeah, two books. Bruce Bruce is, aside from how fucking brilliant Bruce is, so I, I worked with Bruce years and years and years ago. When I was running yeah. Spotify, he was running Twitter. So we were mates, and we were on every single panel in the country about, you know, whatever. And yeah. he is the most brilliant person I know. But funda- the best, you know, the, by far the best thing about Bruce is he is the most decent, supportive. He's just a fucking amazing friend. And through what I've gone through recently, there has been no yeah. one that has stood shoulder to shoulder with me like Bruce has. It's amazing. So I'll have a chat with Bruce. Um, but, I mean, the thing is, what Bruce says to me all the time, I will continually like message him saying, look what this prick has been saying on LinkedIn. And he'll just say, mate, why are you following all these people? And I say, I think it's good to be angry. I think it's good to, I think it's a good, re, re, like, I think it's good to continually remind yourself to not be a fucking wanker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, <laughs> And, and that is sort of what a lot of people, are, you know, and, and that bit about bringing a bit of lightheartedness, bringing a bit of brevity to a meeting. If I thought, Lewis, uh, sorry, to apologies now. If I thought I was in a meeting and you, you were doing it because you were doing a bit, then I think yeah. you're a dickhead. If it's just who you are, because I'm the same, yeah. and you just, what you're trying to do is just connect with a person. Well, yeah, yeah that's going to make life that. You know what? That that makes life go so much smoothly, so much more smoothly. Again, yeah. I think that's the third question you've asked me today, and that is a fifteen-minute answer. <laughs> it's impressive. No, it's no, no, no. Am I the am I the am I the shittest guest 
shit you've ever had on this. Absolutely. No, not. you might have no. the sh- you might have the shittest connection, no, uh, but you're uh, not you the shittest guest. Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry. I've got <laughs> sorry, mate. All all I want to say, Chris, is you've wasted your money on your beard and haircut because no one's going to see it on the old connection file. Sorry. <laughs> mate, listen, I can't tell you how delighted I am as a 52-year-old man why anyone would... I mean, do you know what? It was traumatic enough. When you get to a certain age, you boys aren't quite there yet. So I had my beard, my haircut, my beard trimmed. I went into the Turkish barbers. I'm living with my folks and I went into the Turkish barbers. And it is like... It is like it's like going to Orton Towers. You don't know what's happening next. So I went in and they cut your hair. Then they set fire to my ears. Then they say, <laughs> and then they say, you know, and, and you, you know, there's two of you on here. Definitely. This is going to come to you at some point where they say, they sort of lean in and whisper gently. Do you want me to cut your eyebrows? Man, I'll tell you what, there is a fucking, it's all about low self-esteem. And, and throughout all this, you're just staring at yourself in the mirror for an hour. Anyway, so I'm glad no one's going to see me. But I'll, don't worry, yeah. I'll send you boys a picture on an email of me. Yeah, and we'll get it added. Don't worry, Chris, we'll get it added. And just... <laughs> my eyebrows, Chris, don't worry. Mate, do you know what? Jesus Christ. Well, I'll tell you what, I've had... Funnily enough, I think I might have said this... Um, Oh, no, I didn't say so. I suffer from a, a lower back condition called sacroiliac joint dysfunction, which basically means that my tailbone gets popped out, and uh, and my pelvis gets locked in a certain. Anyway, I had to go and sit. It's been a nightmare for a week, and I went. I finally got an appointment with my man on Tuesday, and um, I mean, again, he said, "You know, the, you know, the easiest way you might have done this." How, he said to me, "How do you cut your toenails?" And I was, part of me was like, fucking hell, can he see them through my socks? Why is he saying that? <laughs> and again, it's like, oh, right, Jesus. Anyway, sorry, I'm, ra- I'm rambling and I'm really not dressed for it. It's all right, mate. Yeah. My mum cuts my toenails as well. I'm too fat to bend down these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you, man. Good for you. I, my mother, I think, would definitely tell me where to get off on that front. Yeah, my mum my does all sorts for me, Chris. She shaves me back, she cuts my eyebrows, does me toenails, I bless her. She's the she same. She wipes her ass as well, does the Ethan. She doesn't. I'm still doing that for now, but it's on the cards, you know, a couple more months. So your your mum does the back sack and crack. I mean, that is a lovely relationship you got with your mum there, man. <laughs> yeah, he, he replays the favour as well. No, Lewis. No, Lewis blah, blah, I was going to say, my mum my mom watches this and listens to this and she's a massive fan of it. And she, we'll have a call on a, a Monday after the episode drops or a Tuesday. And she said to me just yesterday, she went, mind Ethan, I loved last week's episode, but you, you've got to stop swearing so much. I can't wait oh, to get a fucking God, you, Chris. Jesus fucking hey, Christ, mate. Listen, what's your mum's name? Angie. Say that again, Angie. Angie, yeah. Sorry. And Angie, I'm from the bottom of my heart. I'm so sorry. I did ask if I was allowed to swear, and um, the other two guys said I wasn't. But your son said, "Yeah, go for it. We love it. The more, the merrier." So, from the bottom of my heart, Angie, um, I'd I'd love to meet you, Angie, and I'll do the whole thing again without swearing. Top man. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, God, that that that's brilliant. To be fair, this is yeah, this is this is a cracking way to to go through it, and I think it's really great when you naturally do swear anyway. I, I hate the, I find it really hard to be to not swear. Actually, it's just natural in my conversation to say fuck shit, 
or whatever. Wow, I feel like I was 12 trying to prove that I can swear there. That was that really wasn't cool. Um, what so, I loved is that the three of us didn't crack a smile at all at that. Yeah, point. no, yeah, we you're like, you, you're we, like, like Lewis, we just let you wallow in that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, brilliant. <laughs> thanks, lads. Really appreciate that. Um, so, Chris, in terms of your where, where you've been through Spotify, you went through to um, it was it was the film school like Spotify or was it? Yeah, it was uh, Microsoft then Microsoft then uh, Spotify then the film school. Uh, yeah. Then uh, I was consulting for a couple of years. I ended up at Auto Trader as a consultant. Yeah. Uh, and then, as luck would have it, part of my remit was to find someone to do this job. Um, I really liked the team. I got some, you know, made some good good headroads with the team. And then, uh, you know, then we went into lockdown. So, um, yeah. yeah, sorry, you were going to say that, that. So that's been the trajectory. Before then, it was a lot of TV and radio and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so in, ter- in terms of through that, obviously we, we will come to the, 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 you've described it as well as the breakdown part, but throughout the your career prior to the breakdown, did you experience much around mental health? Did, did Was it something that you struggled with ahead of it or did, was it something that you just kept putting off? Actually, I'm fine. It's all right. I don't need to, to worry. If you had a low day, well, you would just crack on and you, you kept putting it away. Or was it something that you've you've sort of had support in your life for, for years? Yeah, years yeah. Or... No, so I certainly haven't had support. When I, um, so um, I was married previously. So when I said yeah. I used to own this house, it was with my, the mother of my older two children. And when yeah. her and I divorced, um, I had about two years of, uh, about two years of therapy, two and a half years, I think, of therapy. Um, and I think that, that was a, um, that was a really eye-opening sort of, you know, beginning to understand the things that made me the person who I was. So, um, so I think that the the honest answer to that was for years and years and years, I have struggled with insecurity. So, um, and this has happened um, genuinely in my most success, uh, inadvertent commas, successful parts of my career, and in the lower points of my career. Um, mm-hmm. I would, all, you know, I, I used to say to people, if I was having a one-to-one with a boss, there would be, you know, genuinely, I wouldn't know going into a one-to-one whether I was going to be promoted or fired. And so that sort of insecurity, you never, you're never quite sure your own abilities. You feel like, you know, you feel like you're not doing a great job, all that sort of stuff. But yeah. I'm not sure I was aware that that was driven by low self-esteem, insecurity, all that stuff. I, I, I either thought. Well, I'm not sure I gave it much thought, to be honest. But if I did, I either thought, I assume everyone feels like that, or am I the only person that feels like that? But I was never aware that that was a sort of mental health condition. Um, yeah. And in fact, you know, building up to, you know, the sort of episode that really that really sparked, you know, the way I described it. Sorry, I've been on a previous podcast, but as a different yeah. audience, I think. But I described it as... Um, I'm like a, I think I was like a balloon where what was happening was an awful lot of wood that was pumping up the balloon was actually unhappiness and insecurities and, and various different things that had gone on in my life that were that, 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 that internally I didn't realize I was battling with. And so yeah. on the outside, on the outside, I still, it's still like a balloon, like a really magical, lovely, joyous thing. 
but it, I was getting more and more full of more and more things that were that were causing me anxiety. And then bang, the balloon, the, the, and bang, the balloon bursts. And that yeah. drop happened really fucking quickly, like really quickly. And I am yeah. still working through the ramifications of all the things. And I've upset huge amounts of my friends and family, you know, and I will spend my life, because my MO would be, I'd just go missing. I'd go missing for a couple of days on end. Just because I couldn't yeah. face, I couldn't face what was going on in my life. I couldn't see the future anymore, et cetera, et cetera. And actually, um, I actually think this is a much healthier conversation talking about general things around life rather than the thing that went on with me. But what went on with me was a build-up yeah. of, I, I, I really don't know what my future looks like anymore. Yeah. And it's then all, all of the other things that, that had been inside me for a long time were coming up to the surface and then... You know, you try and hide it, you try and pretend it's not there, you you still act the, you know, you try and be sort of hail fellow well met and sort of Mr. Jolly. And yeah. then suddenly, bang, I couldn't, I literally couldn't cope. I couldn't cope and I didn't want to see anyone on you because I didn't want people who knew me to see A, how I was feeling and B, what I was doing to mask that feeling. Yeah. Um, so, so again, long rambling answer, right? I, I suspect I have had these feelings for a long time. I, I, I didn't know what, I, um, I didn't know uh, how to put a name to them. I didn't know, I didn't think they were anything out of the ordinary. Yeah. Right. And, and um, yeah. Chris, when you'd, when you'd go through these episodes, so when you disappear, what would that look like? Would you be you know, drinking? Would you just, you know, sort of get on a getaway? Um, Most of the time, uh, some of the time I would literally just be in my house. Some of the times I would leave my house and I would go and check into like a travel lodge because I didn't want anyone to find me. Quite often it would involve drugs. It would involve drugs. And drugs um, uh, and alcohol. Uh, Yeah. And in fact, when it got to its very worst and I... I basically turned up on the doorstep of my parents one day late last year and just said, I've got a real problem at that point, And I'm not, I'm not negating um, anything and I'm not, I'm not shying away from it. But at that point, what I thought was going on with me was that I'd become a Coke addict. That's what I thought was. I thought that was the problem. I thought that everything. And what I realized having going through therapy, going to meetings was that that was the thing I was using to mask how I was feeling. And so yeah, actually, I'll spend, escapism. you know, I still go to meetings occasionally when I'm, uh, it's just, and what's really interesting is that, um, your world gets smaller. I didn't want to go hang out with friends anymore mm-hmm. because I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, because actually with friends, I would talk about how I was actually feeling. Whereas in the company of strangers, I would just, I would, I would, I'd be the person I wanted to be. So I would. I would pick and choose elements of my life. I, I would, you know, you know, it's amazing how in the company of strangers, how quickly I can shoot shoehorn in that I used to run the European business of Spotify. I mean, no, let's be yeah. clear. I did that. I did that best part of nine years ago now. Uh, you know, so, so I want, I, you know, I could be, a, I could be the person I was, but fundamentally I just didn't want to face up to what was going on, which was, I was 52. I've got four kids. I'm, I'm going through another divorce. And financially, I'm in a really difficult place. Emotionally, I'm yeah. shot to pieces. Um, yeah. 
professionally, I'm, I wasn't where I wanted to be, and yeah. I couldn't see past my I couldn't see past my hand. And and rather than you know learn to cope and deal with those things, I actually just buried my head in the sand. And burying my head in the sand would literally be either you know lying in a travel lodge with my phone faced out so that no one could see me, or I'm trying to I'm trying to pick off some of the more depressing aspects of it, or doing karaoke in a room of strangers in a bar in Hemel Hempstead. It was as random yeah. as that. Um, but yeah. you know what? What 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 I found amongst my friends and family, who I you know, and I've let loads of them down enormously. Um, and and the, and the, and you know, they were very kind. And the intro where we talked about you know the the post I put on LinkedIn and how brave I was. Let's be clear: uh, there was no part of me that thought I was starting a movement. There was no part of me that thought, "Gosh, this is a really brave post." I didn't know I didn't know how to put on to LinkedIn. By the way, I need a job, and I'm or, or I need some consultancy work. Yeah, and I knew there were enough people in the industry because you know I've been around. Basically, if you've been in the, the same industry for, blimey, it's almost it's just gone thirty three years. You know, a lot of people had noticed I'd been away, and also, yeah. you know, I, you know, I'm, I hadn't been at work for four months, um, and then I'd agreed to leave. You know, I sort of worked out how to get out, spot, how to exit Alter Trader in the most elegant way for their man for me. Um, yeah, I was literally, and I wrote that post. I mean, I, you know what? I haven't really reread it again, but. I'm sure at times people think I probably, you know, drafted that post. I wrote that post in a soft play center in Amersham while my while my two little boys were in the soft play. And it was like, do you know what? You've got to get you got to start earning some money. And I wrote it and it was yeah. like a stream of consciousness. But what I would say is um there were two things that really came out of it. One was there was an overwhelming amount of love and affection from people that knew me and people that didn't know me but were just connected with me on LinkedIn. Yeah. There were three things. One was this overwhelming love and affection. Two was this, yes, mate, I've been there. Lewis reached out to me. Like, there was yeah. an overwhelming number of people. Sorry, I've used overwhelming so much. So. A lot of people went, know how you feel, buddy. Let's talk. Yeah. And thirdly, and this is the thing you forget, is that um, what I got on there was a load of people saying, I remember this time you did this thing for me and there was... There was no upside for you. You did it because you're a decent person. And that is the thing yep. that you forget. Because going through this stuff, you think you think you're the worst person in the world because you've upset and hurt people. You've let people down. You've, you know, and you can't help but think you're the worst person in the world. And um, yep. I fancy fact the first day I saw my therapist, uh, <laughs> at the end of the hour, I said, God, am I the worst person? Am I the worst person you've ever seen? And she said, You're not even in the top hundred people I've seen this week. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what? We're all here. We're all just trying to put one foot in front of the other. And there's a quote that I always used to use. This might be a not a bad way to wrap up. There's a quote I always used to use, and it's to do professionally, but it's also, I think, personally as well. And I, I hope I've always maintained this, which is if you've been lucky enough to climb the ladder, it's your job to hold it steady for the people coming up. Mm. And I think that is... You know what? God, aren't I lucky that I'm in a place now? And who knows? Like, like recovery from what I've been through is not a linear thing. But not every yeah. day gets better than the last. Sometimes I've had down days. Sometimes I've up days. But I, agree. I think I, I think I ended that post with um, life is really hard, but I'm not giving up yet. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? 
the 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 love and affection I got around that being being people reaffirming you know what you're a decent person you've gone through a tough time um and and I started this and I'll probably end this now the fact that the three of you are doing this for the betterment of other people is amazing it's absolutely amazing um and I'm gonna when we're off the podcast I'll share with you the idea I'm talking to a production company again uh next week about this this pod that I'm hopefully going to do because yeah one of the things that i was that i've been really encouraged to do is to do is to spend so the times that i would spend my free time i'm where i might have spent it you know doing things that aren't helping yeah. you know do things that make you happy and the two things that make me happy are i love i love public speaking i love performing i love comedy i love all of that stuff so i'm going to try and do some stand-up again um yeah. and i love playing golf and aside from that i like talking to brilliant people like you that are trying to do good things i you know i like um this i won't go into politics but i have a particularly strong political persuasion and i believe in life there are two types of people so it's not quite as binary as this some people believe in me and other people believe in us and i believe yeah. in us i believe in us yeah, and and, yeah. and I think, you know what, in your lowest possible ebb, at my lowest possible time, when I had, sorry, sorry, Ange, when I had fucked off people around me, let people, let people around me who loved me, let them down, made them scared, made them worried, made them, you know, in that worst possible moment, the amount, of, they just went, we're here. And that, yeah. that you know what, that's, that's really important. I really hope yeah, that was of any, of, of any use. <laughs> I feel like I've just ranted on for an hour. No, I think that was truly, from the heart, re- resonated with me completely. But we'll not go into it too much. But in, I think we've just lost Chris there slightly. Maybe his phone's yeah. died. Um, we, yeah. I think you just got sick. Yeah, you got sick of you, Vines, I think. I don't know who wanted to talk more. You or him? Yeah, was, that was no, no, sorry. I don't know what happened there. It just suddenly cut out for no reason. I was saying, Chris, you got sick of hearing Lewis talk all the time. It's, it's no, no, no. Sorry, Lewis. No, it just, it, just, it just literally cut out. Sorry, say that again, Lewis. You were saying, yeah, you were right. saying, I'm incredibly tall, really handsome. What was it? What was the other thing? <laughs> <laughs> wicked wicked crack. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think it's one of those where... A lot of a lot of men. Let, let's try and direct this to the audience a little bit here. So, if I think of my own experience, Ethan, I think of yours. Uh, Marco, I haven't been close to you in in a really low time. But we all seem to just hide away at first from our problems. It's really hard for us to go. I'm really struggling. I need help. At at the point before it goes to that complete self sabotage, I've really fucked up my life. It's like we, as men, we really have to fuck up before our life before we can then well, look, get the help that we need if i if i can give you one piece of advice it would be this you don't that's what you're conditioned to believe but the moment the moment it became apparent i needed help yeah it like it felt like the world was there it really did and that was good. a truly remarkable experience yeah that's good 
Yeah. Chris, just while I've got your mate. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. Just while I've got your mate. I know obviously you've you've done a few podcasts and obviously we'll we'll oh, this is only the, the second one. Been... This is only the second one. Was it we on with Gemma not long ago? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, Gemma. She's doing some great work, Gemma. Um yeah. you know, and, and you mentioned something on her podcast about red flags and you know, rewatching uh, was it, I believe was it the West Wing? Um, the West Wing, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And and just I know you've already talked about it in her podcast, but I think trying to identify red flags and some of our listeners might be able to relate to those red flags if you wouldn't mind maybe explaining that and just give us a couple of red yeah, flags I, that maybe our listeners can yeah i mean look um um it's different for different people right i guess we we we, we deal with stress in different ways um the three things that i look back now so the west wing is my favorite TV program by a million miles. I've seen the whole thing a million times over. I absolutely love it. But there was a very long period of time where it was the only thing I could watch. And as a girl that worked, worked with me, an auto trader who pointed out to me, a, girl, a lovely girl called Lauren, who actually has just had a baby. So when this goes Congrats, live, Lauren. I'll share the link with her. Congrats, Lauren. She yeah. had a beautiful little girl. Um, 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 uh, I was explaining to her and she said, because she'd been in therapy for other things, and she said that's something that someone had pointed out to her that was um, part of that is you need comfort. You can't deal with surprises. You you need to. It's a it's a comfort. You need to. You you're watching saying it's familiar. There's nothing scary about. You know what I mean? Like you just you know everything that's coming. So that was one thing. Yeah. For me, um, I when I'm at my most stress, I overeat. I really overeat. So my weight balloons up and down. Um, and obviously you've struggled with weight as well. So, um, so things like that, you know, classic things. I had a Peloton. I didn't go on the Peloton for a year. In fact, the Peloton's in storage, you know, so all of this stuff that, that makes me happy doesn't, I'd stop doing. And like I said, golf is a really big thing to me, but if I look back on the amount of times where, you know, I knew I was playing golf early the next morning and golf is like a precious commodity for me. Like, you know, I've got four kids, don't get to play golf as much as I'd like, all that sort of stuff. It's a really precious commodity. I've been playing since I was 14. You know what? I'm a reasonably decent golfer. I play at a great club. I fucking love it. The amount of times that I cancelled golf at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And that was, I didn't want to see my friends. So th- they're yeah. the three that I look back on now. But what I would say to anyone is the moment you are struggling in any way and it's not always you know what it's not always easy for you to understand that you're struggling but talk talk to your mates because yeah. in my experience there isn't a single person that dropped the ball well there's a couple but most most of the world went right what can i do how can i help and that was really you know really amazing i hope that's yeah. answered that that question yeah mate that was phenomenal i really appreciate that thank you hey chris no um, so, so wait, we're an hour in and this is a this is a men's health uh, pod. I just want to know, sort of, right now, um, sort of, where are you in terms of your of your mental state and in terms of your of your physical state? How do you feel right now? I feel great, actually. Now, you know, great is a relative term. I've still got to lose, I don't know, four stone probably. Um, I've started getting back out through, you know, the thing I put on LinkedIn. I've got. One piece of consultancy work that's, that's uh, I've got a kickoff about it tomorrow. There's three other bits that are coming down the line. So I feel pretty good about that. Um, because in part of this breakdown, I really 
like I'd forgotten how to do any work. I didn't think I was capable. And of course, yeah. once you get back out into the market, you realise, oh, well, I've done this for years. Of course I can do this. I know what I'm doing. So, yeah. um, And you'd be uh, a huge asset to, to anyone because you bring all that experience of how of 33 years of working. In, well, do you know, yeah, it, yeah you know what? The thing, there, there, are, there are things I can do. There are definitely things yeah. I can do. And there's experiences I can bring to bear. And, you know... Um, so I feel great about that now. I'm going. I'm going away to play golf in nine days' time for four days, five days, four days up in North Wales, which I can't wait for. Um, um, I have taken control of lots of my, you know, some of the financial issues that I've created through what I've been doing. You know, I'm taking yeah. control of those again. I can, I've got great friends around me, and I've begun to see there's a future. The future might not be the future that I thought I was going to have when I was married, with, you know. Oh, the big house in Wandsworth and stuff like that. But I can see a way through now. Um, I've got a loving family around me and some great mates. Um, so I feel great. And so, again, it is only sort of four months ago where I couldn't see any of that. Yeah. So, but you know what? What I've also learned to understand is it's not linear. Not every day is perfect. But now, yeah. I guess, through therapy through understanding what's going on, through being open, I've begun to understand, oh, okay, what's a brilliant quote Tom Hanks said about, someone asked him, if you could give your younger self a piece of uh, a piece of advice, what would it be? And he said, uh, I wish I'd known this too shall pass. You know, when you're in a bad day, this too yeah. shall pass. Yeah. And um, I think that's, uh, that's sort of where I'm at now. Yeah. And look, this has been great. You know what? I love chatting to you guys. It's been, you know, uh, it's very, it's very rare I get the chance just to ramble on for an hour or so. Um, but I hope, you know, I hope there's something here. Um, yeah. And to all of you, if I can ever help, be of support, be of any use whatsoever. Like what? what like what? Like why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I? That's yeah. that's a, that's something that I've. Well, I think I've always had that in me, but. But what I've learned is that the you know most people feel the same like that. Honestly, we appreciate that, Chris. Thank you very much, mate. Um, yeah, appreciate you, nice. Chris, mate. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Not at all. Listen, I really appreciate you inviting me on this. It's been a real pleasure. Apologies for the connectivity issues. Um, I'm it's sorry all... that you can. I'm really sorry you couldn't see my uh, my haircut like up up close and personal. I'll um, like I said, I'll send that. I'll send Lewis that. You're about like, a foot taller than me. You're a foot taller than me. I wouldn't be able to see it anyway, so it's all right. I'd be like, listen, Lewis, listen, Lewis, listen. I've got children your height, and I love them all dearly. They're five, <laughs> eight. I've really appreciated that. I hope that was of some use. Yeah, no, no, it really was. We have one more section, and then that's it. So Ethan has okay. one big question. All right. Yeah, yeah, Chris. So basically, mate, um, obviously you, you've been in a dark place and you've come out the other end, and you're an absolute testament to 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 every every man, as you would like to call it, you know. And the thing yeah. is, what we like to ask our guests, you know, whether it be a podcast or a book, we call the section "Hear No Evil, See No Evil." It's an old mm-hmm. film that you might have seen with Richard Pryor in back in the day. Um, yeah, yeah. So we we basically ask our guests uh, of a podcast or a book that sort of us guide through either just life in general or through a darker time in your life or something to even listen to now you know during the good days to keep you going just something for our listeners and watchers well the greatest podcast known to man 
aside from, aside from the Everyman podcast, obviously, is a podcast called the Socially Distant Sports Bar, which is a. It sounds a bit niche. It is a. It's a sports podcast um, yeah. by three Welsh guys: Ellis James, um, Mike Bubbins, and Stefan Gennaro. And they. It is the funniest podcast. Honestly, it's brilliant. Socially distant sports bar. So yeah, listen to that. I listen yeah. to when I struggle to sleep, and I struggle to sleep at night. I listen to podcasts all the time. Helps me sleep. Yeah. Helps my mind switch off. So that's that's the one I would recommend the most highly. I'm sorry it's not a sort of betterment podcast, but it just makes Jesus. Those boys are, are funny, and also they go deep dive into some sports stuff. So that's brilliant. I love that so much, and. Yeah. Um, uh oh now i've been really shit well uh bob mortimer's book the satsuma is it called the satsuma complex uh, i mean any anything with bob mortimer in is fantastic um so again it's not self if you want to read the greatest book of all time i would say it's joseph heller catch 22 that is the book that i love and i'm going to reread it and if if any of you play golf there is an amazing book by a guy called lawrence donagan um who caddied for one year on the European tour is a sports writer and it's called um, Four Iron to the Soul. It's the great, I mean, if you're not a golfer, don't read it. But if you are, if yeah. it's great. Um, but no, for me, it's uh, it's comedy. And um, I'll, uh, if it's of any use, if I get this other podcast off the ground, then yeah. I will come back on at least at the end of another episode and tell you all about it because um uh, well, I'll give you. A, I'll uh, I'll give you the headline. Well, I won't actually because it may not come off. Um, yeah. But well, um, comedy is a big if thing. If it does, if it does, and you ever need a bunch of random blokes to come on, we would love. Oh, to come absolutely, on. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, the socially kind of, socially distant sports bar. That's the one to listen to. I've heard about that. I think I actually heard an episode, and yeah, I think the last time I heard it, I think was was pretty good to be honest. Uh, Man, it's amazing. It's the funniest thing ever. That's. That's what I'd be listening to. Yeah. Top man, Chris. Well, uh, good luck, mate. Good luck with the podcast. I hope uh, I hope you're all a success, mate. And uh, yes, definitely. Listen, I, I, look, look, listen. But more importantly, good luck with what you're doing. It's amazing. The fact the fact that you spend all this time and energy and effort doing stuff to try and help other people is amazing. You should be very, very proud of yourselves. I don't know your I don't know your two mums, but I know Angie will be really proud of you, man. <laughs> Top uh, man Angie, so again, apologies apologies for my uh, language. Listen, boys, I really enjoyed that. Lewis, I'll, ch- I'll give you a buzz tomorrow. Make sure you've got everything you need. All right, mate. Appreciate that, pal. Cheers. Hey, Chris. Brilliant. Cheers, gang. Top man. Take care. Thanks, Chris. Thank Cheers. Yeah, Take care. Bye. So, boys, we just had Chris on there. That was an episode that I really enjoyed. Um, Chris was incredibly honest and open about talking about some of the experiences he had in his life. And yeah, it was an an episode I really enjoyed, except probably the connectivity issues, which weren't as great. What's your thoughts, boys? Yeah, so for me, mate, um, I'm the same. You know, Chris Chris straight away was, was infectious by having a bit of crap with us, you know, he's having a bit of loud crap, you know, unfortunately yeah. the connection wasn't the best, but you know, we managed to have a really good conversation, and the thing is, you know, Lewis, I know you're really excited to, to speak to Chris, because he's in that avenue that you work in, and it's something that you, you're not at your peak, you know, I wouldn't even say you're halfway up the mountain yet, Lewis, you know, you've got so much more you can do, and 
you know, like I, I was saying on the podcast and joking as well, you know, my mum listens to this and my mum sort of resonates with you, Lewis, because she's had her own businesses and she sympathises and she's always saying that, you know, you can push on to be so much more. So people like this are, can be real infectious and real people that can pass on knowledge. Not only you, Lewis and Mark, who I know, obviously you're an independent businessman yourself, but it means we can also grow and learn. Um, not as, as much people. from their mistakes, but just from their lives, you know what I mean? I think people, mm-hmm. have, everyone's got a different story to tell. And the more stories we hear, the more we can sort of learn. So I think it's it's been fantastic. What about you, Marco? No, I think, honestly, the, the guy was a proper top bloke, wasn't he? From what I got, yeah, just a genuinely nice guy. And I th- I feel as if, obviously, he's just had, like, you know, hurdles throughout his life that have, you know, sort of caused him to... He could easily uh, step but, over them because he's six foot nine. Yeah, but... yeah, 100%. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> he's a big man. He can overcome these things. And I feel as yeah. if, like, you know, I feel as if obviously it's just life. Like you know, we all have challenges, yeah. and it just comes. It comes down to how we how we deal with them. And I, th- I feel as if he's well equipped to be able to to overcome his problems. You know, he's he's got you know he's he's told us he's got four kids. You know, he's got a great you know network of people around him. So honestly, yeah. I just wish him the best because you know he's from me from 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 what I from what I could see, he's just a genuinely nice bloke who you know I just wish the best for you know and and. Um, and ultimately, mate, he's um, he, he's he's a yeah great guy who I think um, has still got a lot to give in in the industry that he's in, and um, and honestly, yeah, I wish him the best, man. Like he's top top lot, top top lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah for think... me, what I go on, Ethan, mate. No, no. Before I get to you, Lou, I was just about to back up what Mark was saying. There, you know, he's he's he was quite frank in the fact that you know he he didn't have a period of time where he didn't work. And Lewis, I know you've been there. You know, I've been there. With my back where I didn't work, obviously, and that had a mental, a massive mental effect on myself. Mark, you know, obviously, you've just got into your own sort of independent sort of business yourself. So we've all been at times, and there's going to be people out there, we've all been at times where we have had that almost worry of, like, where's my next paycheck coming from? Can I feed myself? Can I feed my kids? Can I put the gas electric on? You know, we didn't really get into that with Chris as much, and I appreciate, obviously, I would love to have Chris on again, you know, hopefully when he's recharged his hamster and fed it for the broadband to work properly. But, you know, we, there's so much he could tell us. And the fact that he was so honest and saying, look, I'm going to hold my hands up. I'm going through a tough time, but I want to get out there. I've got a lot to give. And, you know, life's not over for him yet. You know, he may be down, but he's not out. And I think that was really yeah. refreshing. Um, what about you, Lou? Sorry, your, your point. No, I, I was just going to say there was a, a few things that really stuck out for me with Chris. There was, firstly, thank he said he was so grateful to be on the pod, which I just didn't, I'm not saying I ever didn't think he would say that, but it, it was nice to hear how complimentary he was about the work that we're doing and what we're trying to do, because we're not trying to sell anything. We're not trying to be anything other than a voice for giving people a voice who have lessons that other people can learn from or give mm-hmm. giving people a voice to talk about their own personal experiences in the hope to make other people not feel alone. Cause we've all had yeah. shit times in our life. And yeah. I can tell you what, what, what he was saying around hiding away and things. Ethan, I remember when I've gone through bad times. We've talked about it before, like losing my business. I don't think I spoke to anyone for months, like anyone other than Harriet. I literally just 
buried myself away out of shame, embarrassment, like, is this really happening? I can't believe I've lost whatever. And it doesn't have to be necessarily just career. I think men in general, there's there's like a pride part to it where we don't feel, well, we almost feel we have to be a certain person in order to get respect and for people to, to, to want to be around us when actually true friends are there irrespective of your status or your employment or if you've got money or, or, or whatever. And I, I've definitely learned that and I didn't realise that at, at the time. So that part really stuck with me because at times I felt like he was describing myself to a degree in, in terms of how he, he coped with it. Not the drugs. It's not something that's ever been for me, but in terms of how he felt like he had to just remove himself from society and his social network because that's what I do. And I probably need to not do that because it makes my situations worse instead of just facing up to things. Um, but one thing, Ethan, I probably wanted to ask you around this, and we, we did touch about it, where he was describing himself as like a clown, basically, as the, the funny jester type. That is you to a T. That has always been you. We've been friends for 12 years. You have always put on a facade of this super happy, funny, I'm fine, I'm okay, I'll make everyone laugh. And where he said you almost use your humor as camouflage from how you feel about your other insecurities, I've never really looked at it like that. But is that something that resonated with, with you when he said it? Yeah, Lou, for sure. Um, I think for me, it, it was very similar to my situation. You know, I, I bounced from school to school. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was bullied quite a lot when I was younger because of my weight and, and I struggled to find the the balance. So what I would do is, you know, rather than be identified as just the fat kid, you know, I start become a bit more quick-witted and, you know, my mom, my mom gets a shot up more than Robin Ryan these days, but she would, you know... <laughs> she I'll, did I'll, well I'll, this episode, didn't she? She, she did really. She's going to be buzzing. Shout out to Big Ange. Shout out to Big Ange. Um, well, she's not going to like the fact that I'm now shaving her bum as she's shaving my bum and cracking all that. So thanks for that, Lewis. Is it like a sixty-nine? Is it like a sixty-nine of shaving? Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. That's disgusting. Um, but you know, no, my, mom my mom does a lot for me, and yes, she does shave me back. But you know, I've got to keep clean. You know what I mean? Everything else I shave, I shave everything, I shave my own bum, I shave my own front. She just does me back, doesn't go any lower. Um, but no, so so for me, <laughs> she does do me toenails because I'm too fat because I can't breathe when I bend down. Um, that is funny. I can't, I can't breathe when I'm talking either because I've got tonsillitis, so you just see me just fucking trying to breathe. Um, but you know, I'm actually yeah, so crying. I'll, but the, the thing is, I always didn't want to be the fat guy because, you know, it's, it's so cliche, but when I was in high school, if you were fat, people would think you'd be fat and greasy and you'd smell funny and, you know, people would make up things like, oh, you smell. And and I was the most hygienic person ever growing up. Like, my mom always had influence of, you you wash your bits, you know, two showers a day. Oh, she'll do it back. for you. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> But then, um, you know, I always had my mum, <laughs> fucking disgusting animals to pay us. Um, but, you know, I'd, I'd have the nicest aftershave and have nice clothes that my mum would provide, you know. So I try to just spin it and make people 
like it is by being funny and quick-witted. Now, remember, going back to my other point, sometimes I'd be so upset from home from school and me and my mum would sit and would work out comebacks because my mum didn't want me to go to school ill-prepared. So, you know, she would teach me funny, quick-witted things to come back to bullies. And that's, I think, where I started picking up quick how to be quick-witted, how to be funny, how to turn a negative, not into a positive, but into a joke. You know, and 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 I think for me, ever since it's stuck with us. And I don't think I'm a, I'm a fraud, because I am. A, a, I like to think of myself as I, I like to be a bubbly guy. I like to talk to everyone. You know, I can be if I have a if I have a drink. Sometimes I can be a, a cock, like and I've ruined relationships when I've had a drink. That's why I don't do it as much these days. But you know, being being a, a chubby guy, I don't let people just say a fat kid or a fat man. You know, they've got to get to know me and have that connection with me and I'll change your opinion within four sentences and people won't walk away thinking that fuck fuck they'll think look that funny bastard back there mm. you know so that that's for me I, I really resonated and I've gone around the houses there didn't help that Marco was fucking making a picnic while I was fucking telling a nice story as well so thanks for that Marco fucking mate and man's gonna eat man man's gonna eat man's gonna eat but it was a great episode overall and I've had a, an absolute great time with Chris you know, and I hope we get it back. I, I just, oh, no, wish, his, I just wish his connection was better. That was all. Yeah. Because I think yeah. if he had good connection and a microphone. Like, uh, and didn't like move, me and, and Ethan. Didn't, yeah, like, like you two without a microphone. Um, it makes such a difference. Like, it, it really does. If you hear the difference between... Well, Marco, if you hear the difference between mine and Ethan's, and Ethan, you hear yeah. between mine and Marco's, it just sounds completely different, doesn't it? 100%. All that, that's yeah, true enough. All... All I hear is Lewis trying to get a word in edgeways and Mark will make a fucking three-course meal whenever I'm talking. That's all I hear yeah. from the pairs. And are you just jealous that you're not yeah. eating a three-course meal? Yeah, well, I'm going to go do it Thank now. you want some, bro. Shout out me, bro. I can, I can sing by, bro. Yeah. yeah. Cheers, bro. Yeah. But no, I'll boys, boys you, you, you both smashed that there. So, well done. That's another episode down. Well done. So thank you for tonight, yep. and thank you to all the listeners for sticking with it. It was a it was a tough one with the connection, but hopefully you got stuff from the conversation like I did, like we all did, and we will catch you on the next one. Thank you guys. Until See you later, guys. Time. Let's go. Time to grind. Get inside your mind. Yeah, we working overtime. That's the only way to climb. We gon' make it in our prime. Signing on the dotted line. Cashing checks left and right. That's the way I'm living life.